Welcome to Kingstar Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. Last week, we were talking about while waiting. So this is sort of a continuation. What happens in the waiting? Okay? So there is a release of glory in the waiting. And this is what the Lord told me. He is releasing his glory in the house today. So I was expectant. And I told my husband, it's going to be powerful. I told him that. And God is faithful. Let's have Second Chronicles 6, 1 to 11. Second Chronicles 6, 1 to 11. I read. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, while all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised. Okay? Has fulfilled what he promised. With his mouth to David, my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there, and I chose no man as prince over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there. And I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house. For the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, Whereas, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, it is not you who shall build the house, but your son who shall be born to you shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise. The Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have set the ark in which, the coven, in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. Praise the living God. Did you follow up the reading of the word? Have you gotten a glimpse of what is happening, of the context of the passage. So this was a time where Solomon had built the temple and he is giving sort of a back of a background that my father didn't build though it was in his heart. Okay? But then God did not allow him to build for his reasons. So God had ordained that it will, it will be the son of David who is Solomon who was to come and build a house. So now he is it's like he is giving a testimony that God promised that I would come and build the temple. And here we are 
the Lord through me has built the temple. All right? So he is speaking of the faithfulness of God that he spoke and he did. It's the same season that we are in, aren't we? The words have, been, have, the words have gone through. God has spoken. Promises have gone through. He is a promise-keeping God. Just like the way Pastor said here. Just believe. Just keep on believing. So, now that we have read that passage, I want us to look at the key thing there. It's the house. It's the temple. It's the house of God. This, whole, this thing is talking about building the house for God, building the temple. So, I want us to look at that. Then we shall read again the same scripture with that in mind, with that understanding of a house in mind, and it will be, it will speak more to you. Okay? It will be more personal to you, and it will make more sense. So, when, when you read verse 2, let me read 1 and 2. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. An exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. So this is the house of God that we are talking about, right? Talking about the house of God. He has built a house. So in the, in the Old Testament, when it is about the house of God, this is a term that is mostly used in the Old Testament to refer to Israel. One, Israel, as, as a house, as a nation, the nation of Israel as a house. But it's symbolized with the presence of a tabernacle or a temple in the midst of the people of God, the house. Okay. So what Solomon is talking about here, it's the temple now, which is in the midst of which is in the house of God, okay, the people, Israel, but now it's the physical temple, the place of worship, which is the physical temple that he had built at that time. Okay, let's have uh, Leviticus 22:18 that talks about the house of Israel. Leviticus 22:18 Speak to Aaron and his sons and to all the children of Israel and say to them Whatever man, whatever man of the house of Israel, okay, whatever man of the house of, whatever man of the house of Israel, okay, the house of Israel, the house of Israel. So, they would be referred to as a house, okay, the house of God, meaning God is in the midst of them. But then, when you look at Exodus 25, 8. You should mark these, these verses. When you go home, you go read, read them intensively. Exodus 25, 8. Can we have Exodus 25, 8? It says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Okay? So this is another concept in the Old Testament of the house of God. House. Okay? It's the people his people, and then it's the sanctuary, the house. So this is the context that we are working with, 
exactly what Solomon has done here. It's building the house of God. But then coming to the New Testament, the house of God is the believers all together. At first it was Israel, but then after the coming of Christ, grace has been extended. We've been engrafted. So because of Christ, we are now the house of God. Okay, so it is all believers. It's believers all together. Believers of Christ. Let's have Hebrews 3, 6. That says, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house. I won't read the whole. I'll just be picking out the main points. But you go home and read. Vizuri kiundani. Do your homework. I did mine. So Hebrews 3, 6 says that, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Okay? Over God's house. And we are his house. So when we're talking about, when we're going back to be reading the same, same scripture, when we are talking about the house, the temple, who is the temple in our context now? Who am I talking about? It's you and me. Okay? All right. So 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? So we are bringing it down. You are God's temple. So when you're reading about the the building of the temple in the Bible, don't think like it doesn't have anything to do with you. Don't think like it is out of context, like it's just a story. No. You are the temple. So it concerns you. And it is speaking to you. Hallelujah. So we have now come to know that we are talking about you and me. First, as a whole house, body of all believers, but also you personally and me personally. Because we host God in these, in these weak vessels. God dwells in us. So, but here it is Solomon saying that I have built, okay, in our passage. But the building, in our context, the builder is not you, it's not me. The builder is God. Sawa. Let's have First um, Peter 2.5. Then we go back to our passage. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the builder is not you. We are being built into that house. That's the house of God. So now we are going back to read. From one, we shall go up to six, and then we shall go on. Then Solomon said, the Lord has said that he would dwell in thick darkness, but I have built you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel. 
while the uh, yeah while all the assembly of Israel stood, and he said, "Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David, my father." So God promises with his mouth, and he fulfills with his hand. That's powerful. So since the day that I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house. Okay? A house, eh? You put yourself. That my name might be there, the name of the Lord to be where? In the house. And I chose no man as prince over my people Israel, but I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the, in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David, my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, it is not you who shall build the house, but your son who shall be born to you shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made for I have risen in the place of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel and the Lord prom as the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, I want to tell you that you are chosen. It's not an accident. Because it says, I have chosen here, he says, I have chosen Jerusalem to be the place. And the Bible tells us that we are chosen. Like God is very, God plans his things. Things don't just fall and happen. And you know what? God has will. God has a purpose. God has plans. And he has chosen you. He has chosen me. So we are chosen. And that is a privilege to be chosen to be a house of God, to host God. Have you ever thought about that, hosting God, hosting the creator of heaven and earth? I mean, what a privilege. Can you even understand that with your own mind? It's not easy. It's not easy. We cannot understand because his ways are just way, way beyond. Let's have First Peter 2, 9 to 10 and see. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises. Now as a house, what are you supposed to do? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Chosen, even as verse 6, when he says that he chose, he decided he made the first move. You weren't all that perfect. You weren't all that good. We were sinners. But he decided in that same state, he chose us. So, the Lord has fulfilled and is fulfilling promises. 
as we look at this passage that we have just read, this is a testimony that God promised and God has done it. And after this testimony that he is giving, they will go, they, they went, okay, according to the, they will go to prayer. They would pray and dedicate the temple. But it's after the testimony where they reminded each other, like God said it. God has done it. God is faithful. Now, you as a house, me, as a house of God, the temple of God, there are things that God has spoken about you. There are things that God has spoken about me. And when he says it, he does it. That is for sure. That is the God that we serve. Now what happens? Now what happens in the house? What are the activities that are happening in the house of God? In your, like, I mean you and me as houses now, as the temples of God. Do we even recall what the Lord has said? Do we even know? Do we even, are we so blind that we don't, like, you don't know he said this, so even when he does it, you don't know because you didn't even know if he said it. What are the promises of God upon your life as the temple of God? What are the promises of God upon your life? What are you looking up to? Because if you don't have something that you're looking up to, you can't tell me that you have hope. What are you looking up to? Hope is that thing that you look up to. You see, Jesus reached a point and it was heavy and the cross was like, God, Father, can I take it? But then looking ahead, looking ahead beyond the cross, looking at the people that will be saved, the people that will be jumping and just shouting and giving the glory to God. He says, you know what? I will go through the cross. So what are you looking up to? What is it? We cannot be ignorant of the promises of God. So God has given us the word, the Bible, okay, which has all that, that concerns you, his house. But then there is something that also Pastor said, which I also have here. Maybe we shall look at it later. Oh, I can just speak. I may never come back to it. It's personal covenant. It's personal covenant. What is it? There are some of us that we have nothing that we are expecting. We don't have any agreements with God. So if it happens, it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, like for you, like if you don't have goals, you cannot measure your success or failure. Like you have nowhere that you're going. You don't have this personal covenant where you will go and say, God, I know you are a covenant keeping God. We had a deal, God. We talked. And we made, I made with you. And I told you that, God, I will serve you. But you will keep my, fa my uh, family safe, let's say. God, but I told you that I will faithfully be there. But this part, because that is what covenants are. Everybody has a part to play. So, God, I will do this, this. And you are to do this, Father, what is happening Father, what is not happening? What have I not done? What should I do? What has gone wrong? What? So, you know where you're going. You know how to see when things are not happening. If you don't know where you're going, even when things have been messed up, you can't know, and you will give thanks to God. And you thought God has answered. Only that, it was actually supposed to be more. But because you didn't know that you were supposed to expect a billion, you got a million and be like, oh, wow, glory. But if you knew, 
where you were going. Let's read again verse 10 of the same passage. It says, Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised. Okay? As the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, as he promised. How do you go give thanks? It's very beautiful when the Lord tells you, I will take you to point A. And the time comes, you have gone to point A. It's very easy to give thanks and say, surely God said it. Otherwise, you might get to point A and say, okay, did the Lord take me here or did I take myself? There comes some moments where you are shaken, like, okay, really, did the Lord take me here or did I take myself? And your faith can, can fall. So, from the 40 days that we've been having of prayers and fasting, a lot has been happening. A lot has happened. We need to understand what has happened. Now, you personally, what has happened to you? Personally, what has happened to you? What do you think broke loose or broke through? What do you think God has done? What do you think God is dealing with? Because it was an intense moment and results are popping up. Results are popping up everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So the Lord did. And I know in such a time, many have already received their tangible, um, I should say, breakthroughs. Some are seeing the, like, you know, a cloud, like, of a size of a fist. We are in different, in different stages. Others are actually getting confused because the, because the answer to your prayer um, demands maybe a shift from one place to another. It doesn't look like the way you had expected it, but the Bible tells you all things are working out for your good. But God is answering. God is doing something. You have to be alert. We have to be alert. We have to flow with, with what God is doing in the midst of us. We need to know something is happening and I need to catch it. And some, let me tell you, for some of us or some, these 40 days of prayers might not be the ultimate for you to bring that because destinies are different. Destinies are different. Some destinies require a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. So this is the beginning to that lifestyle. The Lord has released you to that lifestyle. Fasting here and praying. Fasting there and praying. Because of what you are about to birth, it's not, let me tell you something. If you are, if you are destined to operate, I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend any, anyone, but I'm just giving an example. If you are meant to operate 
if your destiny is only to, let's say, operate just a saloon, barbershop, let's say. 40 days are so many for such a destiny. So, after the 40 days prayer, you will have the, like, like all your package will already be there. I don't know, what am I trying to say? If your destiny is small, results can come so quickly. Because it just takes a frame, put the machines, and let the people come in. But if the Lord is making you, but the Lord, okay, if the Lord is entrusting you with people's lives, destinies, there's a ministry birthing in there, there's a company, there are multi companies that you have to birth, it might take more than 40 days. You will do the 40 days, it will look like you have, you have done nothing. You have just begun. It will take another 40, but it's just taking you closer. It is taking you closer. So if you know what the Lord is saying, you will keep on moving. You will take another 40. And this, this thing amazed me because it was, I think it was last week or two weeks and I was talking to Bishop Fred, and he was telling me about, we were talking about the church and how it came, it came about, how the Lord called him, and until we are here. One thing he said, he, he spotted some years, which were more than three years. He said, Harriet, from this year to this year, it was only prayer and fasting. <laughs> it was only prayer and fasting. The first year, prayer and fasting. The second year, prayer and fasting. The third year, prayer and fasting. Now, if you only look at the 40 days and say God has not done it, you miss it. You miss it. So God is working in the midst of us. God has released his glory. He has done that. And you saw it. And you can testify of it. That today, the Lord has released his glory. God doesn't do that for fun. You think he does that just to give us some good, you know? No, God is at work. God is at work. You have to catch it. Those that will catch it will go. And you will be there. So all of us ought to go to, together. God is doing some work in us and through us. In you and through you. After the 40 days of prayer, you might be shocked that those petitions of yours, like those personal, they haven't ticked. But when you pray for someone, oh my God, the Lord just works and moves. The Lord just heals. It's in us and through us. So let's not be limited. Let's not be short-sighted. God is working. God is a promise. He, when he says it, he does it. He must do it. 40 days, we have just begun. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. You want to see God work with you? He says, don't you know that my house shall be called a house of prayer? He didn't say 40 days. It's a house of prayer. Like prayer is at home there. 
I don't need to search for it. Prayer is at home there. Oh, hallelujah. I think it's in that verse, the last verse here. I think it's in verse 11. He says, and there I have set the ark in which the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people of Israel. Okay. And there I have set the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord that he made with the people. In where? In the, there where? In the, the temple, the house. What's in your house? What is in your house? What's in the house? It says there's an ark of the covenant. Do you even know what covenant you are in with your father, God the father? We have to know these things. You can't say I am of the new. Do you even know that there is an old and the new covenant? There are things that they are a matter of your identity. What covenant are you of? How do you relate with your father? Because we relate with God on the basis of the covenant. We are of the new covenant because of what Jesus Christ did. There was an old covenant. But that was limited to the house of Israel. But Christ came and he made a way. He opened a way. And now this is a new covenant. It's not, it's not sealed by the blood of the bulls. Uh -uh. This is with the blood of Jesus Christ. We are part of the new covenant. Now this one brings life. This one doesn't kill. It's not of the letter. This is a new covenant. It's a bigger covenant. There are better promises in this new covenant. Now, do we even know the promises? How do we praise God and we don't know even the promises? What is God saying about you? What is God saying about that issue that you've been praying for for 40 days? What's the promise of God? You don't just come up with your, no, 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 no. God, you told me. This is what I put on the table. You told me, God, for how long should I keep on waiting? Let him say something. Even if he says, my grace is sufficient. He has said it. You, but you know that I just have to keep tarrying. I have to keep tarrying. What's in your house? What is in your house? How do you relate with God? Covenant. What is on your part? What are things that are availed to you through that covenant? Oh my God. Jesus. May the Lord help us. You go do a homework. Go home, study about the old covenant and the new covenant. And see such a precious gift that God has given you and me. And we belong to the new covenant. You go home and do that homework. You need to know who you are and where you stand. It really matters because the enemy is tricky. He will toss you here and there. And you don't even know that you are the redeemed of the Lord. And that is part of the covenant that you are in with your father. No, 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 no. We have to know. It doesn't do you any good if you do not know it. It's the truth that you know that will set you free. So we have talked about that one. 
I had already taken. Um, I had already spo spoken about it. So there's a general covenant as the one that I'm talking about as believers, okay, in Christ. But there is that personal between you and God, which even Pastor hinted about. In your secret place, in your chamber, when you're praying, what are the things that God is revealing to you? What are the things that you make deal with your father? Like, Father, I will try this, but Father, on your part, please help me that. When you sing a song that he is a covenant-keeping God, what's on your mind? Do we, do we just sing? People are testifying. People are singing what they are testifying of, of how they are working with God, what they have seen with God. They have had covenants with God, and God has kept the covenant. So you are a covenant-keeping God, and we are here jumping. And what? Just one. Just one is very enough to take you like through, I don't know, many, many years. Just knowledge of one. What is it? Let us seek God. Let us seek God. Let's seek to understand God. He's just wonderful. He's just beautiful. So we are about to finish. And as we are about to finish, I want us to look at this. Um, let me read. Let's go to the next chapter. Okay, after what we have just read, after verse 11, it is a prayer where they are dedicating the temple. So verse 7, as soon as, as Solomon finished his, his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That is 2 Chronicles 7. As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, this is where the Lord told me, I am gonna, I'm going to release my glory tomorrow. But then watch here. It was as soon as Solomon had finished prayer, okay, after prayer, that is when fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering, okay? There's burnt offerings, there is sacrifices. Did you notice how people were just moved to just give? That's a sign that the glory has just landed. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. Like, who, to who told them to give? When you encounter Jesus, you don't need to be told. You will respond by just giving whatever that you can. And at times you feel like, I cannot give enough. You have met Jesus. You have met him. So it says that, and the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And then the glory of God filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord. Because the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple. What did they do? They bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and gave thanks. Did you see what was happening? It's, it's a natural response. It's a natural response. And do not hold it back. Don't think it's just a ritual. People just want, no, 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 no. When you feel it in your heart that 
that the word has, has come to you, it has addressed you, and you feel like you want to give, please do. Do. So, it says here, um, their faces down to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. So, there is one last concept that I want us to finish with. Even as in this season that the Lord has decided to just, you know, fill us with his glory, just to pour his glory on us. There are so many breakthroughs, you know, that is a result of the glory of God. And, but I want us to take note that there is no glory without sacrifice and dedication. As we are reading, there was a dedication of the temple. And it was after that. And then we see that the glory fell and the fire fell. So there has to be a mentality or a practice, a lifestyle of sacrifice and dedication. And that's why, and that's why um, we are a house of God. So when we talk about the temple, there are things that happen in the temple because we are the temple of God. In the temple, there is an altar. Okay, because worship happens in the temple, right? There's an altar. And there is fire that is not supposed to cease. Like, it has to only and always be on. But I want us to look at that other altar, your altar, in the heart. Okay? You as the temple of God. There are things that always have to be on the altar. Your altar has to be active and alive active and alive and as we get out of here i want us to go believe god and revive our personal altars let your house the house i mean let the house of god you now always be burning always be burning always hosting the glory of god always hosting the fire of the holy ghost like always and always and always so on your altar there has to be a sacrifice of prayer do not ignore that. In all that you pursue, pursue a prayer life. Okay? May the Lord help us that on this altar, that we always go there to offer the sacrifice of prayer. We go there and just pray, intercede, and just wait on God. Because it is the house of God. And it is the house of prayer. So that altar needs prayer and prayer without ceasing. It's not prayers only for the needs. No, you just go and just let the Lord give you the agenda. God, I am here. Holy Spirit, what's the agenda today? And you start shatalabrakayandabazekete. He does what he does through, through you because that's the house of prayer. It's the house of prayer. So let there be prayer. That's a sacrifice. Sacrifice of prayer on your altar. But there is another sacrifice that has to be on your altar. Okay? That, that's a sacrifice of yourself. Remember, Solomon dedicated the temple. And who are you? The temple of God. So you can't just be your own and just live your life. And No, no, no. You have to dedicate yourself to God. 
Because you are not your own. You are the temple of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have to dedicate yourself to God. Even as you read, when you read Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Uh, are we the house? Are we the temple? This one. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. It's not about you. You're tired and you feel like you have to wake up and tarry in prayer and you feel like you have to go visit. Uh, you do it. Offer yourself. Offer yourself. Your members ought to be the members of righteousness. Your parts of the body. There are tools for, for um, righteousness, not, not evil, not what. So watch yourself. Where do your feet go? What do your hands touch? What do your eyes watch? What does your mouth speak? Is it a speech of grace? You are not your own. Dedicate yourself. Are you not sanctified, meaning set apart for God, for his purposes? And there has to be a sacrifice of praise and worship. You see, when you come for the service and people praise, people know, those that know what they are doing, they are giving a sacrifice. Whether it feels like or it doesn't, it's a sacrifice. God, on this altar, I am giving you a sacrifice of worship and praise. I will jump. I will sing. It's a sacrifice. It is mandate to be on the altar. So it's not like we are just having fun and getting fired up before the word. No, 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 no. We are offering sacrifices. The moment you get in here, we start offering sacrifices of prayer. We start offering sacrifices of thanksgiving, worship, praise, jump and do what? The altar, the house of God, it's a house of prayer. All these things have to be there. Let's do things with understanding. You, you don't need a worship leader to tell you, stand and clap. Okay? And it's not a must that you'll be standing and clapping because it is also spiritual. But be engaging. Engage and flow with what is going, with the agenda of God. There are some people who get ministered, like in different stages of the service. It's the same God, the same power of the Holy Spirit. You can just walk in and it's just opening prayers and you get your word pop. Praise and worship. Time for giving because another sacrifice, it's giving. It's giving. That's another sacrifice. Your altar. There has to be. What are you giving? Because that is how you also store your treasure in heaven. Do you know that? That's how you store. It's, it's not like there is a bank account written in heaven. I, I've come to deposit. Uh -uh. It's through that. And there, there is no moth, there is no rust. And that is a mandate for your altar to be on fire and to carry the glory of God. That's how you host. You know, God can release his glory, but there are few people who can host the glory of God. There are some of us, when you get out of there, we leave it here. But there are those that have their I should say, the ability, capacity, desire to host it. Like, you've come, God. I have received your 
glory, I will hold it. I will nurture it. That is what happens to the anointing of God. You don't use it, you don't even know that you carry any power of God. The more you use his power, the more he entrusts you with more. Isn't it? So let us host the glory of God. So what should be in your house? Prayer. Okay. One. Prayer. What other? What other sacrifice of yourself? You offer yourself. Okay. Through your giving, seed, offering, whatever it is, time, whatever that you can give and invest into the kingdom of God, that one has to happen because you are the house of God. But do not forget your praise and worship. Hallelujah. So as we finish, now one last verse. Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, after we've heard all this, after now you know who you are and that you have to give yourself to God for the agendas of God. There has to be prayer on and on and on. There has to be praise and worship. There has to be giving like you just give whatever you can. Whatever you can, even time. It's a very good resource, by the, by the way. If somebody gives you his time, that is very precious. For me, time so give whatever you can. So Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the rest marked out for us. Lay aside every sin and every weight. Other things are not sins, but they are weight. They slow you down. Dedicate yourself and lay aside every other, be it sin or weight. It could be permissible, but it's not really necessary for you, and it is just weighing you down, and it is slowing you down on the rest. So lay aside. Dedicate yourself. Offer those sacrifices. Host the glory of God that has been released to you, to us today. And we shall see God because we will be hosting him. We will be walking with God, you know. And that song that when I speak, let it be you speaking, it shall be good. When I touch people, let it be you touching because you're hosting him. And we shall see God through you. Hallelujah. So you have received the glory of God today. You know how to host it. Don't let it go. That is very precious and very expensive. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends. Follow us on our social media at Kingstar Church.